No, it's a, it's a privilege to come and to share something of, uh, of what God is doing uh, and wants to continually do in, in each one of our lives. Um, you know, um, it's come to a real realization in my own life uh, as I journey that as we give our lives to, to God and as we hand over our lives to Jesus and we invite the Holy Spirit to come in and to, to work through us, that it's a continual process. It all just doesn't happen in the one moment. And, uh, and in the Christian walk or in the Christian journey or in our Christian lives, we, we, we have high points and we do have low points. We have points of, of great blessing and we have points of great challenge. And uh, that, that goes across the board. It's, it's not give your life to Jesus, uh, invite the Holy Spirit into your life and live a cushiony life uh, from now until the eternity. When we get to eternity, it's going to be wonderful and a great place. But, but, the, but our real challenge is between now, between this point, between the point that we hand over our lives to Jesus until we come to eternity. That journey in between is, is like, is, is like a, a journey of contentious, contentiousness or, or struggle sometimes. And, and as I say, it's got the high points and the low points. But thankfully, God just doesn't say to us, um, you're on your own. He, uh, the Holy Spirit comes in and journeys with us in every point and in every situation that we face. And we see that in the life of Jesus. We see him that he met so many, many people uh, when he journeyed on earth. He met so many people and he met them at the point of their need. And he didn't leave them at the point of their need. He journeyed with them through uh, into a life of overcoming and a life of success and a life of journey and a life of great venture. And, um, and, and that, that can be through personal ministry with the Holy Spirit. It can be through journeying with a church like this or it can be journeying with a number of friends who you find close. And if you've got those people in your lives, if you've got those people really close to you that are with you through the journey and through the challenge, through the high points and the low points, to speak into your life, you're blessed. And if you have those people, hold them very close and hold them very dear to your life. I, I'm so thankful. I'm so thankful in my life. I've got people like that. I've got my wife, first and foremost, who encourages me, who strengthens me on a continual basis and is there for me in the high points and the low points. And God speaks through her and, and the Holy Spirit ministers through her into my life. I've got people like Neville in my life who champion me and encourage me on every moment that he can. And sometimes it's not easy to do that when you're when you're a twin or when you're you know you've got a brother. Sometimes you see the you see the the um you see the challenges more than you see the the, the good points. But Neville is one of those people that continually draws the good points and encourages me on and champions me on. I've got so many people in my life like that. And if you've got those people, hold them dear. Hold them close. And whatever they say to you, whether it's maybe a word of, of encouragement or maybe it's a little word of a correction or whatever it is that they speak into your life, hold them dear and hold them close and hold the value of what they have in your life because God has placed them around you. You see, if we, if we were in an ideal situation, we should just hand our lives over to Jesus and we should be like transposed from here to heaven. That would be easy. That would be the easy way to do it. But God places us among people 
and he places us in relationship with others. And that's for our benefit, and it's also for the benefits of the people around us. And so I want to encourage you, whatever you're facing today, open your heart and open your life and be ready for God to speak directly into you. Today we're going to talk about, we're going to talk about, what are we going to talk about? Well, first and foremost, we're going to talk about Jesus, yes, of course. Um, just give me one moment and, and I'll just get, I'm, I'm not really techno-minded. I think Neville is and he's very good at that. He swipes through his iPad, you know, and he's got all his notes. I got them all on a piece of paper. I'm just not that overly technical. But um, although we're alike in quite a lot of ways, we're quite different in a lot of other ways. I think our humor sometimes is kind of overlaps and is quite good, but... But uh, he's definitely more technically. And he's better looking, isn't he? And he dresses nicer, you know, like, as you can see, I'm from not too far away from Leitrim. And I've got a big tick head on me. <laughs> okay. So I, I really believe in, in these days that God is, is speaking into our lives uh, as Christian people, uh, as Christian folks, as followers of Jesus. He wants to, to develop our lives. He wants to bring us... In, and draw us into a closer and more intimate walk with him, a more deeper, a more deeper um, way of journeying with him. That uh, no matter what's happening on the outside, what, what's happening around us, that we we hold close to God and hold close to what He said. Because as I say, these challenges in our lives will come, and they'll go. We'll have high points and low points, and. Uh, in our relationship with Jesus as we grow, that will, that will happen. Um, God is speaking into our lives, I believe, in three main areas um, on, on a continual basis. And, and if I was to say there's three, three C's, um, if that's okay, um, the three C's, the three different ways that he's speaking into our lives. First of all, in character development. Um, and he's continually on, in the process of developing us and making us more like Jesus, making us more like the people that he wants us to be, making us love more, uh, making us forgive more, making us be patient with others, making us see the loss the way that we should see the lost. He's, he's helping us develop in our conversations and in our relationships, and uh, even in ourselves, in our uh, self-absorbency or... Um, what our desires are. He's developing us in all of that. That's the first C. The second C that I believe that he's, 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 he's working on us on a continual basis is um, our commitment. And um, I believe that, that as we journey with, with, with Jesus, our commitment needs to increase uh, to where we're at a point that it's all about Jesus. It's not about ourselves. And, and that will be tested in our journey as we, as we travel uh, along each day. Um, and, you know, we hear that story in Daniel of uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, or Abednego, or whatever you call them. Um, they came to a point in their relationship with, with God that, that uh, they were going to be put in the fiery furnace um, because of their beliefs. And uh, they come to a point in their lives, and it's in Daniel 3 and verse 16, and Shadrach and Meshach and Abednego says to the king, uh, even if all of this goes wrong, even if we're burnt up in the fiery furnace, 
I will still trust you. And I believe that's where God wants to bring us in our commitment. That even if it all goes wrong, or, or seems to all go wrong, if it costs us our lives, I'm still committed. You see, the life of a Christian is mirrored, our, our Christian lives are mirrored on so many people. But if we look at the 12 disciples, the 12 followers of Jesus, uh, they didn't give their life to Jesus and, and all get lovely big armchairs and, and big pipes and, and 50-inch television screens and just take it easy for the rest of their lives. For 11 of them, for 11 of those 12 disciples, it cost them their everything. And sometimes in, in the Christian walk and in the Christian journey, we portray a picture of come to Jesus and everything will be easy. Salvation will cost you nothing. And that is so true. The grace of God is free. But it will cost you your life. And, and we don't want to paint a false picture in that. We don't want to say that, that it's going to be a life of drudgery. But challenging, challenges will come. And, and, and you will be put to your limits. And it's generally with relationships with other people. You'll be put to your limits. You'll be put to your test. And you need to come to a point in your life where you're, where you're not just interested in being a Christian. Where you're not just interested in following Jesus. Where you're wholeheartedly committed. And that you're ready to be taken to the point, just like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were. They were going to be put into the, the fiery furnace. And, and, and they said to the king, even if this goes wrong, we will still trust God. That was their commitment. And that's the commitment that God is bringing to us. Thankfully, he doesn't say, he brings us on a journey of that. He brings us through steps in that so that we come to a stage where even if it all goes wrong, I'll still trust God. That's our second, that's our second C. Our first one is, as I say, character development. Second one is uh, increase our commitment. And the third one, and this is where I want to develop out or push out a wee bit. So we're still at 10 to 12. We're okay. The third one is God wants to bid courage into your life. And he wants to do that today. That's, that's, that's where we're at this morning. God wants to. And I really feel it with all my heart. I had, a, I had something prepared to, uh, at the beginning of the week. It was on the story of Ruth uh, and how, how Ruth attracted God's blessing upon her life. Hopefully if I do well at this, I might come back some other day and share that one. But as I was finishing off preparing on that one, um, Julie sent me a text that, or, or a short message, and it just it just brought me to where I'm at today, and and I really felt God wants to 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 develop that with us. So God wants us to be people of great courage. Now I can fire that out blandly to you. I can say God wants you to be people of great courage. Please go home, be of good courage. See you next week. That's not the way I'm supposed to do it. And that's, thankfully, not the way God does it. Because he gives us this wonderful book. It's called the Bible. And, and I don't know about you, but the more I read it, I've got this old Bible. It was given to me by, by my uncle. I, I just tatter through it continually, writing notes, doing stuff. And it speaks to me every day in my life. It just doesn't throw out bland things like, you've got to be courageous. This Bible tells me how to be courageous. It tells me how to build courage in my life. And so I want to just develop on that today. The Bible that 
you know, the Bible is full of stories of people of great courage. I think you can think of some yourself, but here's some. What about Joseph in the Old Testament and the, and the journey that God brought him to, from being, being the, the smallest in the family, the youngest in the family, the pet in the family, to being the great king? That's a story of great courage. What about the story of David Goliath? I know I listen to your podcasts. I listen to what you guys are, 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 are talking about, having conversation on. The story of David and Goliath. David was a guy of great courage. He was a guy of great faith. What about Jacob when he was asked to bring Esau up the mountain and sacrifice him? Is that a story of great courage? Of course, then we have the story of, of, of the guys, the disciples, the people that followed Jesus. If you read down through their stories, what it cost them, you know, how they had to step out in faith, they were lives of, marked by great courage. And of course, none but better the courage of Jesus himself. That is the pinnacle. That is the, the story of the story within the book. The story of God wanting relationship with us as people and sending Jesus down to live among us, to be our example, to, to develop us, to help us, and then to go to the cross. And you know, Jesus had that moment. He had that moment where he said, it's not my will. If it is your will, Father, take this from me. But if it's not, if it's not your will, I'll go to the cross. I'll die for these people. And that's what he did. He went and he bore our sin and our pain and everything negative within our life. He bore that upon his life. He carried that upon his shoulders. So we have stories of great courage. Today, today I just want to talk about one story. Of great courage. Here's what the, here's what the, the dictionary talk, says. What is courage? And this is what the, what the dictionary says: to to believe in something that may not be physically possible. That's one definition of of courage. The other one is the ability to do something that frightens one. It's bravery. Courage is the ability to control fear in a dangerous or difficult situation. So when I'm speaking about courage this morning, I'm speaking that I know we're all at different levels within this. Some of us need courage for very big things. Some of us need courage for smaller things, and that's in my analysis. In your own analysis, everything that you need courage for this morning is big. You know where you're at with this. You know what God's asking you to do. You know the circumstances, the situations around your life that you need courage for this morning. And I just want, just for a minute, because I could blabber on here all, all the time. I just want you to stop and think. Here's what I want you to do. Take out your phone. Have you got a phone? Take it out. Go to the notes on your phone. Write down courage. And here's the question you're going to ask yourself. Because sometimes you can get a whole pile of information on a Sunday morning. You can go out the door. You can think about it till you get to the dinner table. You might have your dinner and, and, and think about it a wee bit more. But by evening time, you've lost most of it. So I want to stick a few things in, in your phone, in your memory, really. I find when I write things down, it sticks in your memory. 
I believe God's speaking about courage this morning to each one of our lives. So what is it you need courage for? Just write down one word. You can write down two if you need courage for two things. There's something going on in your life today that you need courage for. So write it down. Okay. Just hold that thought a minute now. Okay. So we're going to turn to one of the stories in the Bible of somebody that needed great courage. I think you probably know who it is. I'm going to turn to Joshua. Joshua was the guy that took over from Moses, who led the, the, the children, the children of Israel, or the adults of Israel, or the family of Israel, or the five million people, plus wives, plus children, community, into the promised land. He took over from Moses. And there's a point in, in the Bible where we're, gonna, we're just going to dip into his life, okay? So, here, here it goes. In Joshua chapter 1 and verse 1. So that we're a good... So that I show that I'm a good, you know, mature Christian. I want to read from the Bible, okay? Is that okay? Okay. After the death of Moses... The servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' assistant, my servant is dead. Now, just let's put a wee, a wee break in there. You, you know where the story's going? Moses, Joshua was Moses' assistant. He had been his assistant for quite a while. And God comes to him and says, eh, Moses, Joshua's dead. No, Joshua, God says to, to Joshua, thanks now, that's okay, you could chip in, yeah. We did this in, in Lafayette, we were in Lafayette a couple of weeks ago, and uh, we had a wonderful time sharing together about God's goodness, and so I'm very, very comfortable with that. So Moses comes and I don't know, or God comes and he, I don't know if he knocks on the door where Joshua is, but this is what he says to him, Moses is dead. I think Joshua kind of knew that to be fair. But it was a reminder from God that Joshua is out of the picture now. Joshua is gone. Moses is gone. Oh, goodness. I need another post-it note. Moses is gone. Joshua, you're going to have to take over here. You're going to lead the people, these five million people, not five people, not 50 people, not 500 people, not 5,000 people, not 50,000 people, but approximately 5 million people, the population of Ireland, plus wives, which is a challenge in itself, plus kids, which is another challenge, into the promised land. What a big task, eh? Would you like, the, would you like God to knock on your door and say that? I'm not discarding... What your, what your challenge is today. I'm not discarding what you need courage for today. But here's a book that we can learn something from. Here's a guy who had a big challenge. And he had that big of a challenge that they actually recorded it. They recorded it in this book like you've recorded it on your phone what your challenge is. I think it's good to write things down. Because someday you'll come back to this note and you'll say... I remember I wrote down that challenge. 
but it's amazing what God done. It's amazing how he made a difference. And sometimes we skip through life, we fly through life that fast, we forget to stop and say, oh, I remember what God did. I remember what he did with that. That builds courage within your life. Anyway, Moses, my servant is dead. Now then, you and all the people get ready to cross over the Jordan River into the land I'm going into the land I'm going to give them to the Israelites. I will give you every place where you where you set your foot as I promised Moses. Your territory will extend from the desert to Laban and from the great rivers to the the Euphrates, all the Hittite countries to the Great Sea and on the west. No one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, I will be with you. I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and courageous because you will lead these people to the inheritance, the land I swore to the forefathers to give them. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the, from your right to your left. You, you may be successful whatever you do. Do not let this book of the law depart from your mouth. Meditate upon it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything that's written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Have I not co- commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be terrified. Do not be discouraged, for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. What a scripture. What a scripture for for Joshua from the word of God. And I believe God's saying that to us today. I, I believe he's saying exactly the same thing as he's saying to Joshua into your life today. Whatever whatever you're facing, whatever the challenge you're facing, whatever it is, could be family, relationship, could be job, education, parenting, marriage, future career, serving the Lord, maybe full time, in your everyday life. What What is your challenge? God wants to speak into it today. Nothing is too big. But also remember, nothing is too small for God. He wants to, to. He wants you to be courageous. He wants you to to. So, I've got three Ps. Now, this is not three Ps. This is three Ps. Okay, okay. So I've got three Ps, and I'm going to run through them quickly. How to build courage within your life. This is what what God was doing in Joshua's life. I want you to take notes. Not too many notes. I want you to put down the first note: promise, promise of God. First P is the promise of God, okay? In verse 3, this is how God built courage. He didn't say to Joshua, just go and be courageous. He gave him a whole speak. And what he done was, he was building courage. He was using three blocks to build courage within the life of Joshua. We need those three blocks built within our lives. They need to be firm blocks. They need to be secure blocks. The blocks of foundation, really, within our lives. If we're going to be courageous for God, okay? The first one is the promise of God. In chapter 3, God, three times, first of all, God said to Joshua three times, be strong and be courageous. He didn't say it once. He didn't say it twice. He said it three times. 
Joshua knew he had a big task. Joshua had journeyed with Moses. He had seen these people, how they acted and reacted. He knew it was a big task. He knew he had to cross the Jordan River. He knew he had to take over the, the big fortified city of Jericho. He knew there was giants to be defeated. He knew there was territory. But he also knew that it was the promised land. So he could either be gripped with faith or gripped with fear. And there was probably a moment in his life where he was gripped with fear. And God came to him and met him at that point and said, be strong and be courageous. Because this was not just about Joshua's life. This was about the life of five million people, their wives and their children. This was about the inheritance for a community, for a generation and generations. Joshua probably had a blip moment and he thought, I don't know if I can do this. And, and you're probably the same in, the, in what you're facing. You probably have this blip moment where you say, it's probably just easier if I just walk away from this one. It's probably easier if I just, if I just sidestep this, if I avoid this. Whatever the, ch- whatever the challenge is at the moment, whatever you need cor- courage for, you're probably saying, it's easier if I just sidestep. And for Joshua... Joshua probably could sidestep, but God didn't want him to sidestep, and God doesn't want you to sidestep. He wants you to face this one head on, and he wants you to overcome, and he wants you to move into the promises that he has for your life. First promise of God. In verse 3, God said to Joshua, I will give you every place where you set your foot as I promised to Moses. I've already reminded you that Joshua already has done quite a long time service, second in command to Moses. He's heard all the promises that God has given Moses. Every time God gave Moses a promise, they stepped into it. Faith was building within his life, and, and God wants to remind Joshua of that. He wants to say to him, remember how I gave it to Moses. You remember what I, what I did not because you know the story, but Joshua, you were there. You see, we can look at the stories in the Bible, and they're great stories. And they can build courage within our lives. But I think God wants to go a wee bit deeper, and he wants to say, what about you guys? What about the times I've given you success within your life? What about the promises that I have placed over your life? What about the times when, I, when I've helped you walk into into what I have for you. The promises of God are so important. They're so important for our lives. They're so important to, to, to build us, to hold us, to enroot us in, in what God has for us. The promises of God, here's, here's what one guy says, the promises of God is the pipeline for great blessing within our lives to overcome whatever we're facing. There's some promises God has given you out of his word. You probably know them yourself. You probably, you probably hang your hat on it. You probably, you probably live it out. You probably, someone has spoke a word to you. You've been reading the Bible and, and God has given you a promise about moving forward that you will be successful. What is that promise? Is there a promise that God has given you? You see, it's one thing to to know the promises of God. But it's 
It's even a better thing to stake it and to hold it. See, we can know all about about the Bible. We can know every promise that's in it. But if we don't hold firm to it, if we don't stake our claim on it, if we don't say, this is for my life, I believe it with all my heart, you don't have anything firm to stand on. You don't have any anything. And and Joshua is reminded with by God, he's reminded that that all those times you've seen me my hand at work with Moses and leading the people, all those times you've seen it, now you're gonna to have to lay hold of it. It's your turn. It's your turn to believe it. It's your turn to be there. It's your turn to lead in in from the front. It's your turn to hold on to these promises. In January 1848, James William Marshall, along with his partner, John Souter, discovered gold, were the first to discover gold at a mining place called Souter's Mill in California. Anybody ever heard of that? I've never heard of it either until, until recently. I was just reading it. It's a very, very famous place for, for Americans. Every American knows all about this place. Over the next, they discovered this place. They discovered, they, they were mining and they discovered this gold. Over the next two years, so between 1848 and 1850, over 300,000 people heard of this gold and they just didn't visit they migrated to this area to, to pan and to prosper gold. Today, millions upon millions of Americans have traveled to this place, have visited this place, have stayed at this place, and have, have tried to pan for gold. Let me tell you about James W. Marshall. James W. Marshall died broken and penniless. Why? He was the one who found the gold at the start. Why did he die broken and penniless? Because James, although James Marshall knew where the gold was, he even had found a small amount of the gold, he never successfully bothered to file a claim on the area. And over the next two years, thousands of people flooded into the area. And he lost out. Just like that with our minds, you know, you can know somewhat the promises of God. You can know that they're in this Bible. You know that you've seen them, you've heard of them from other people, about other people, other people's stories. But just like... Like, like James, sometimes our mind becomes flooded with so many other things that we actually miss out on the promises of God. We need to know the promises of God, but we also need to stake the claim of them. Because the pressures, the things of this world, other people's, everything going on floods through your mind. And you don't know, you're like, you're like an a boat tossing on open water with no anchor. Find the promises of God. Lay hold of them. Don't be like Marshall. Lay hold of what? 
what it is. You know, Joshua was told in, in, in chapter 8, um, verse 8, he was told to meditate upon, upon God's word. Meditate upon it day and night. Because the challenges of life will come. The fears of life will come. The anxieties of life. Everything will flood your mind. And you'll miss out on what God has promised. So, is there a promise? Is there a promise that God has given you? Is there something in your mind just at the moment where you're recapping just for a second and saying, there's a promise God gave to me. I'm going to write it down. And I'm going to start to live by it. And I'm going to start to live by it and a lot of others. So if there is one, just write it down on your phone at this moment. So that's the first point. Point one, promise. Point two, presence. Second building block to build courage within your life, presence. In verse 9, um, God says to Joshua, Be strong and courageous. Do not be terrified. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will go with you wherever you go. Here God is assuring Joshua that he will go with him wherever he, wherever he goes. I'll tell you a short story. We, we go up to the north coast quite a bit. Julie, the girls and myself, and the girls are very, very ambitious girls. I mean, if, if, if there was pirate lighting to be done, they would do it. Bungee jumping, whatever. You know, if they could rock it to the moon, they would. And I think they take it after their mother. I'm just like, I like to keep my feet on the ground when it comes to all these things. But we were in, one of the first times we went uh, up to the North Coast, we met in with some friends and they started to talk about cliff jumping. And I'm thinking, I don't even like heights. I can't, I I used to sleep on the top bunk and uh, somewhat was a navel slip on the underneath one. And sometimes I I was afraid, I never told him, I'll just tell you now, but sometimes I used to get into the top bunk and I was that afraid of heights that I wanted to say, can you sleep on the top and I want to be on the bottom, you know, but... I didn't want to say that because I wanted to be brave, you know. But anyway, we met in with a friend and he says, why don't we go cliff jumping? Have you girls thought about it? Have you thought about cliff jumping? And we talked, the conversation went on. Well, we jump off 20 foot, 25 foot off the cliff and, and like, uh, and what do you jump into? Oh, the sea and everything's fine and everything's great. And, and he told us all about this. And then he said, why don't you go? And we said, oh yeah, right, okay. And like the girls, like, can you imagine my three girls? They're going, yeah, yeah, dad, let's go, let's go. And the mom's going, yeah, yeah, let's go. And I'm going, no, 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 no. But then he said to us, I'll go with you. He just didn't tell us to go and jump off the cliffs. He said, I'll go with you. And you know something? There was a peace came into my life because he was, he was saying, well, what he was really was saying was, you'll not be in danger because I'll be there. What he was saying is, if I can do this, you can do this. And this is what God was saying to Joshua. Don't be afraid. Don't be discouraged. I will be with you. Wherever you go, I will be with you. I'm racing here. That's not the first time Joshua was told that. That's not the first time that Joshua has been told to, 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 to be strong and courageous. You see, back in, in Deuteronomy chapter 30, Je- oh, no, sorry, that's the wrong point, wrong point, back, back. Uh, there was only one time in scripture that God changed his mind. I was sharing this a couple of weeks ago, I think Neville was there. In Deuteronomy chapter 33, the people, the children of Israel, 
disobeyed God. Moses was up the mountain. He was getting the, the, the Ten Commandments. And, and when he came down, they'd built all this big golden calf and everything looked. And Moses got really cross and he smashes the, the Ten Commandments and he's really annoyed and, and he meets with God. And God says, God basically says to him, you need to go on. You need to keep moving on anyway. And he says, God says, and it's the only one time God says to him, he says, I'll send my angel with you. That was the only time God retracted from Moses. And he says, you know, I'll send my angels on with you. And Moses goes, whoa, hold on a minute here. Hold on. It's in Deuteronomy chapter 33. You can read it yourself. And Moses says, no, if your presence isn't going with us, we're not going. We're not taking one step further. We're not going any further. Joshua is here. Joshua is in this account. And God says to him, Okay, I will go with you. It's the only time recorded that, that, that God doesn't presence himself on this journey. Doesn't seem to want to presence himself. But the people repent. They have a change of heart. And because of their change of heart, God says, Okay, I'll go with you. God says he would never leave you. He was trying to build this into Joshua's life. He was saying, do you remember that time? But I actually did go with you. And, you, and you've got to remember the times that God has been present in your life. That you've seen God's hand at work. There's, there's a moment, there's a thing that's coming to your mind right now where you know God was with you. It's his presence. So if he was with you there, He'll be with you here. You see, he says he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. In, in Matthew 28, and I'll skip through some of these notes. In Matthew 28 and 28, in Matthew 28 and 20, you can look it up, write it down. Here's, what, here's the Great Commission. At the end of it, Jesus says to his disciples, and that's us. I am with you always, even until the very end. The very end is the very end. And that's still only the beginning. But really what he's saying, this journey on earth, go, I am with you to the end. And he wants to tell that. He wants to, he wants to build that block that his presence is with you within his life. We have a saying, that you know deep down in your Noah. That's an area within your life, I think. I, I don't know if it's in the dictionary or not. But, but you know in your Noah. In your very inner being. That he's with you. That his presence is always with you. And that's what he was saying to Joshua. And that's what he's saying to you guys today. That's your second block. It's okay to have your moments of doubt. It's okay to have your moments of doubt. We know we read that, and I was reading that account. I was sharing it with, actually with Neville the other day. There, that story of John the Baptist. He led the way for Jesus. He proclaimed the way. He baptized Jesus in the, in the Jordan River. He saw. He heard the voice of God speaking over Jesus. And yet, in all, in 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 Matthew chapter three and verse sixteen, John finds himself in a very challenging place. John the Baptist. He finds himself in jail. He finds himself, he's going for the chop. And he sends the disciples to Jesus and he says, could you, could you give Jesus a wee message for me? Could you say to him, 
Jesus, although we did all that stuff back a few chapters ago and all of that, and I'm your cousin, and I, and I believed everything about you. I proclaimed the way I'd done everything. Are you really who you say you are? This, this is the message that John sends via the disciples to Jesus. It's okay to have those moments of doubt. Don't beat yourself up about them. John didn't beat himself up about them, and Jesus didn't beat John about them either. If you want to read that account, Jesus replies to the guys. He says, go back and tell John, I am. I am who I said I am. I'm doing the stuff that I said I'd do. I am. Tell him to take, you know, more or less abbreviated, tell him to take courage. He finds himself in a difficult place, but I am who I am. In the third one is, so that's promise, presence. Last one, five minutes. Woo. Last one, previous works. Okay, so we have promise, the promises of God. The last one is previous works. Write it down, write a wee head for yourself. Previous works. Presence, previous works. In verse 5, God says to Joshua, No one will be able to stand with you, stand against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Sorry, that's the wrong one. Yes, that's the right one. Yeah, yeah. Previous works. Presence, previous works. In Deuteronomy chapter 31, I know we were in Deuteronomy chapter 33 there a few minutes ago. In Deuteronomy chapter 31, that's the book previous couple of books previous to Joshua. Joshua was summoned by Moses himself. Let's look it up. So this is previous to Joshua dying. This is not a message from God. This is a message, or this is previous to Moses dying. This is not a message from God. This is a message to Joshua from Moses himself. And in verse, chapter 31 and verse 7, Moses summons Joshua and said to him, in the presence of all the Israelites, be strong and courageous. For you must go with these people into the land the Lord swore to their forefathers to give to them. You will divide it among them as their inheritance. The Lord himself will go before you and you with you before you and you will be with and be with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Do not be afraid. Do not be dis- do not be discouraged. Three times Joshua was told by, by God. Once he was told by Moses as well to be strong and be courageous. There was many examples in the story, as I already said, for Joshua to be 
was shown by God. And when he started to think and to recap of the things, how he's seen God, how he's seen his presence, how he's seen his hand at work, he had plenty of previous works to recap on. You guys have plenty of previous things in your lives that that you can recap on, that you can think on, that you can you can develop on, that your faith can grow on. In in Numbers twenty one, um, it it gives it gives another account of a fierce battle. Moses was leading the people of Israel through an area. It was called Shihom and Og. And he was leading them through this area and and the kings came out in this area and Moses said, we don't want to battle. We don't want to fight with you. We just want to pass through. Me and these few guys, just five million people, we just want to, we just want to pass through your territory. We're on a journey. God has a promise for our lives and we're on a journey and we just want to pass through. But these guys were fierce and mighty. They were big armies, and they didn't take it lightly that Moses was going to pass through. And they said, no, you cannot pass through. And Moses said, we have to pass through. And a, a great battle arose. Now, now the, 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 the children of Israel or the people of Israel or, or the people that Moses was leading weren't regimental-minded. These guys were the fiercest of the fierce. And they won the battle. Because they were on a mission that God asked them to go on. They were journeying through an area that God had told them to journey through. And nothing was going to stand in their way. And God reminds Joshua of these previous times. There was many other times many other battles. There was many other things, big and small, that, that, that these guys faced on their journey. And God was with them. And Joshua was reminding them that. He was saying, remember the previous times I was with you. Remember the times I was with Moses. You remember the times that we, we did this? And we, we re- recap on this. Think about this. Think about this, guys, within your own life. The times... That God was with you. I've I've got oceans of stories that I could tell you. I can I can remember. I you know I can I can speak of the time that you know that I seen God move in in, in ways that that would just blow my mind. You know sometimes we try to sort these things out in our own minds. We try to think, well, if God did this and if He did that, that would be okay. But sometimes you, you face things in your life, and it's totally out of your control. There's nothing you can do about it. But be strong and be courageous. I can remember the time that, that, that the doctor came into the ward and said, Julie, you've got a brain tumor. I couldn't fix that. I couldn't do anything about that. But here's what I could do. I could recap back and I could say, I remember the time Julie was in Dublin. She was going in for quite a serious operation previous to this one. I couldn't fix that one either. But I had to be strong and I had to trust God. And God healed her. Miraculously healed her in that situation. I can remember a time before that where, where, where when Lucy was going to be born, 
you know, the, the prognosis was that, that immediately after her birth, she would be rushed to, to, to Dublin, to the children's hospital. She would have a lot of serious um, surgery. Uh, her intestines was on the outside of her body, supposed to be blah, blah, blah. They had all the pre-traditions ready there when in the maternity ward. And God, and God healed her. I could remember times further back than that when, and so I just had to trust God in that as well. And, and I, I can remember times further back like that where, where we were getting married and, and we didn't have any money to buy a house and God provided money for that. I can remember times when I was in my job. I really hated my job. I didn't know what I was going to do. What, my, what way was my life going to turn out? But God was faithful in that. I could remember, and you guys can remember these times too. Remember the previous times where God's worked miracles in your life. Don't overlook them. Don't overshadow them. Don't rush on ahead of them and say, oh, so that was something different. Those were God's hand. That was God's hand working. That's previous works. That's what, Moses, uh, that's what God was reminding Joshua of. The previous times that I have seen you through. And I'm going to see you through this one. And God wants to say that in the room this morning. God really wants to build courage in our lives today. Three ways. Promise. What's the first one? Promise. His presence. Knowing that his presence is continually with us. Uh, past experiences past works, past things that he has done. Whatever you're facing this morning, I'm, I'm two minutes over time, whatever you're facing this morning, you need to. You need to step in. Step in and courage. Don't try to sidestep this one. Step in and courage. Build the courage within your life. Remember, remember these three Ps. Remember what God has done. You see, Joshua went on. Joshua went on from this point. He just didn't, he just didn't build the courage in his life, but he went on. He moved on. He crossed the Jordan. He defeated the cities. He, def- he came o- overcame. You know that story of the, 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 the walls of Jericho came tumbling down. Do you remember that? That's like, that's a crazy story. I, I think if I was making films, I'd make films on these type of stuff, you know. Like, that's way in the supernatural, isn't it? Like, you know, march around the city a few times, the walls will come down. Everything will be hunky-dory. Not, you know, he overcame fierce, fierce things. And here's the beauty of it. He fulfilled the promise. He fulfilled the promise. He led the people into the promised land. He fulfilled the mandate on your life. And, and God has a mandate over your life today. And he really wants you. He not only has the mandate given to you, but he's there to help you fulfill the mandate. Sometimes in our jobs, we, we get a mandate. You have to have this done. You have to have that done. And your supervisor doesn't help you. Well, here's, here's, here's the beauty of it. God has a mandate for your life. He has a purpose and a plan for your life. And it's good. It's great. It's, it's brilliant. And he also wants to go and help you fulfill that mandate. It's for your life. It's for the life of the people around you, the community. For your next generation. He has a mandate for you to fill. Amy's going to come.